Yesterday, an American drone missile killed around 20 people in Yemen. It's the latest strike in what's now an escalating campaign to disable al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. Joining me now for a look at how the strategy for these drone strikes has changed and what its impact is on the ground in Yemen is Peter Bergen director of the National Security Studies Program at the New American Foundation. He has worked with Jennifer Rowland to compile the data on those attacks for a project called Obama's Covert War in Yemen. And I'm pleased to welcome him back for today's first underreported segment. Hello. Hello. Thanks for the invitation. Has there been a marked uptick in strikes in recent months? Yes. Um, after President Saleh, who, of course, has been the president of Yemen for around three decades, after he finally stepped down, uh, the drone, you know, the pace of the drone attacks has actually gone up uh, under his uh, successor, who was basically his, the, the vice president of Yemen uh, by the name of Hadi. And so uh, even with the change of regime in Yemen, um, there's been uh, you know, continued amping up of, of, this, of this covert war in, in Yemen. And so this would not be possible without his cooperation. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think the Yemeni Air Force is uh, particularly, uh, you know, advanced, uh, but uh, probably advanced enough to shoot down relatively slow-moving drones. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is done with buy-in from the Yemeni government, and there are a relatively small number of U.S. special forces on the ground as well. And this is, and what's what's changed, which I think is interesting, is um, there's been less um, pretense that the people behind these mysterious attacks have been um, the Yemeni government. And we know, you know, we know from WikiLeaks, for instance, that. When General David Petraeus, who was then head of CENTCOM, was visiting um, and, and talking with the Yemeni leadership, uh, they were kind of joking around about how um, you know, the Yemeni government would pretend that uh, they were responsible for these mysterious attacks when, in fact, it was the United States. President Saleh would uh, take credit for them. Yeah. Um, it's kind of an interesting contrast with Pakistan, where the Pakistani government also, you know, uh, for, for many years... Uh, kind of, you know, basically um, allowed this to happen, uh, but was publicly very critical. Um, in Yemen, uh, there's been less, there's been less of that. And in fact, also, I think what, what is interesting in Yemen, there seems to be very little public outrage compared to what there is in Pakistan. Now, that may be changing. Uh, one reason for the lack of public outrage is this is all relatively new compared to Pakistan, and also there's far, far fewer strikes in Yemen. And the other possible reason is Yemen, of course, is besieged by multiple overlapping civil wars and, and a sort of quasi-revolution. So Yemenis may have you know, other things on their mind. Although there's an op-ed in today's New York Times by Ibrahim Mothana, a co-founder of Yemen's Watan Party, that argues that the drone program has helped strengthen al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula by fueling anti-Americanism. Uh, that people who might otherwise have supported the American campaign against al-Qaeda now are seeking revenge and so are joining in the fight against the U.S. Yeah, I mean, you know, that there's, I mean, uh, certainly anecdotally, um, we've heard that. There hasn't been, uh, to my knowledge, good polling uh, on this subject uh, in Yemen. In, in Pakistan, where the New America Foundation has actually done an independent poll in the tribal regions in Pakistan, where the drones are all concentrated, this is quite unpopular, uh, and um, and it, that also reflects other polling that's been done in Pakistan by organizations like Gallup, 
where um, you know the, the 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 issue in Pakistan is, is is sort of twofold. First of all, there's the perception, I think, wrongly. Uh, that many of the victims are civilians, when in fact the civilian death rate is actually relatively low, but not zero, as the administration claims. But I think even more in Pakistan, it's also the feeling that our nas- their national sovereignty has been infringed. Um, and, um, you know, if you do the thought experiment where, you know, the Canadian government was killing mostly mafia members living in Buffalo, New York, you know, people in the United States would be kind of angry about this, even if this was done with the acquiescence of the U.S. government. So, you know, I think in every country, um, no one likes, uh, you know, the independent warfare being conducted on their territory. Certainly it's true in Pakistan, as scientific polls have shown that. In Yemen, we have as yet anecdotal evidence. And certainly al-Qaeda in, in, in Pakistan and the Taliban have used the issue as a recruiting device. But, you know, if the drones run around, they probably would use, they use Guantanamo as a recruiting device. I mean, the they they are opportunistic in in the kinds of recruiting devices that they'll use, and as, as Guantanamo has sort of receded as an issue, just um, you know, drones has become a more important issue. I think in some of the propaganda we've seen. My guest is Peter Bergen, whose most recent book is Manhunt: The Ten Year Search for Bin Laden from 9/11 to Abbottabad. He has. Uh, co-authored an article called Obama's Covert War in Yemen for the the, uh, as director of the National Security Studies Program at the New America Foundation. This is WNYC WNYC WNYC.org. I'm Leonard Lopate. Has Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula become more active in recent months or in the following the fact that uh, following Salah's departure? Well, you know, Leonard, I think it's um, in the article I quote Gregory Johnson, who's one of the few real experts on Yemen, uh, and you know it, he points out that sort of a, at the same time that the drone campaign has been ramped up, which by the way is entirely under President Obama, there was only one drone attack under President George W. Bush, and there have been almost 30 under President Obama, um, and, and a further uh, beyond that, also uh, about a dozen airstrikes as well. Uh, he, Gregory Johnson points out, who's at Princeton, that um, you know, AQAP, Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, which is the Yemeni affiliate of Al-Qaeda, has expanded from about 200 to 300 guys to about 1,000 in the past three years. Now, and has actually been able to control you know, territory in, in, in places like Abayan province in, in southern uh, Yemen. That said, you know, um, the drone program is certainly killing. We calculate that it's killed 16 leaders of the group and, and certainly I think as a, ter- as a matter of putting pressure on the terrorist group Al-Qaeda in, in the Arabian Peninsula I think the drone program has done some, done some of that uh, the, at the same time though Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula's ability to you know, operate successfully as an insurgent organization has increased now is that because of the drones uh, I'm, I'm not sure there's a you know, co- correlation there one thing of course Yemen is going through a you know, fairly chaotic period and al-Qaeda uh, is sort of opportunistically taking advantage of that. Uh, there was a report in the last 48 hours that al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, which had basically seized a couple of towns in southern Yemen, like, uh, Zin- like a town called Zinjabar, Zin- uh, has now been turfed out by the Yemeni army. So, but, the, you know, the, I mean, to answer your question, you know, in, in briefly, uh, clearly al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula is still expanding at the same time that the drone program is expanding. So, um, you know, the, the listeners can make of that what they will. Well, how much do we actually know about al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula? Is, is, it, is there a direct connection between it 
and uh, the original Al Qaeda group that's probably well, now in you know, Pakistan. Yeah, counterterrorism. You know, people who sort of focus on the issue would say that Al Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula is more than just an affiliate of Al Qaeda. It's really more of a branch. You know, uh, Al Qaeda. You know, the guy who runs it um, was right now is uh, Bin Laden's former personal secretary, somebody who's had a relationship with Bin Laden going back decades, um, and. You know, Al-Qaeda, at the end of the day, is an Arab organization. This is the reason they're in Yemen is they basically got turfed out of Saudi Arabia. Um, and so, you know, Yemenis and Saudis have played a very important role in Al-Qaeda Central, which is, you know, as you point out, headquartered in Pakistan. So, I mean, I think the relationship is, is pretty strong in the sense of having historical links and basically having the same philosophy. Um, you know, are they in touch with each other on a regular basis from between Pakistan and Yemen? I don't think so. I mean, we know we know from the, some of the documents recovered in, in, in the Abbottabad compound, which some of which I drew on for my for my book, uh, Manhunt. Uh, we know that Bin Laden was writing to a QAP, basically saying, you know, he want. He, you may recall the Yemeni American cleric, who is the first American citizen uh, to have been assassinated uh, by a, by a drone, which of course happened under President Obama. The New Mexico cleric, uh, AQAP, was conscious of the fact that he was a uh, somebody who might be raise the public profile of the group, and they were suggesting that he should become the leader. And Bin Laden was pushing back and saying, "No, I, I don't know this guy. I, I'm, I, I prefer to go with the people that I that I have a personal relationship with." So certainly, there's been some back and forth. Certainly, they share the same ideological goals, and then certainly the administration would say, "This is the Al Qaeda affiliate that is the most dangerous one out there," because of course they try to blow up Northwest Flight 253 over Detroit on Christmas Day, 2009. They've put up, you know, bombs described bombs uh, disguised as printer cartridges on planes uh, flying to the United States, uh, and they, there was a recent plot which was sort of interrupted in May where they were, looked like they were creating a more sophisticated version of the underwear bomb that they put on Northwest Flight 253. But, you know, the common, de common denominator of these plots is none of them have succeeded. So, yes, they are sort of a threat, but they haven't really been able to really successfully carry out an attack on the United States or anything close. The drone strikes seem to be concentrated in the south of Yemen. Right. Uh, is is that kind of like the Waziristan of, of Yemen? Well, I mean, I've been to Yemen uh, and traveled around. You know, Yemen is the poorest country in in the Arab world. Uh, it's got the you know I think the median income is like three or four thousand dollars. It's uh, running out of running out of water. It's running out of oil. The little oil it had. Um, the population is incredibly heavily armed. I think there are 18 million. Uh, there's sort of one weapon. Each person has like five weapons if you average it out. Um, it's very tribal. It's topographically, it looks like Afghanistan. So, I mean, the whole country, not just in the south, um, is sort of an ideal place to kind of mount an insurgency or, you know, um, uh, set up training camps. And, you know, if, if, if Al Qaeda were to reconstitute itself, it would, you know, it would, the group would love to do it in Yemen. In fact, even before 9/11, Bin Laden was sending emissaries to Yemen to sort of see if the situation in Afghanistan got worse for him. You know, maybe he'd move to Yemen. Now that didn't happen, but clearly Yemen, because of its topography and weak central government and the multiple uh, kind of wars that are going on there, is the sort of place that Al Qaeda would like, you know, would would certainly like to establish itself. Now the difference, of course, now, you know, is that. Uh, the Yemeni government is mounting a campaign against them with, uh, and of course the United States with these drone attacks and also with a, s a small number of American boots on the ground. And so they are, 
yeah, they're putting pressure on this group. Well, on Tuesday, the government, the Yemeni government said that its army had driven militants with links to al-Qaeda from two strongholds in southern Yemen, uh, cities, Jar and uh, Zinjabar, that uh, al-Qaeda and the Arabian Peninsula have been providing services for. They've been kind of running. Yeah, I mean, that's the interesting thing. I mean, that, that these, and, and also that have been doing that over the course of, you know, uh, quite a long time. Um, and so that's, that's what I was trying to get at, Leonard, when I was saying as a, the drone strikes may be putting pressure on the sort of terrorist component of AQAP, but uh, the insurgent component has been able to take cities and, you know, basically, you know, administer justice and give, you know, rudimentary public services to people. So, so that, you know, it, it's, it's, the two things, even though AQAP is under pressure from the drones, it has also been able to have some success on the ground in terms of expanding the territory controls. You know, obviously this recent news that you mentioned that they've been driven out of Jar and Zinzibar um, indicates, you know, that the Yemeni government, you know, but I, you know, has been able to push back on them. But, you know, these things change. I mean, the the Yemeni government is a pretty central, you know, the, the, it's, a weak, it's a pretty weak instrument. And, and the country's been on the brink of civil war for a while now. Uh, I'm assuming that this is a reason that we have escalated the drone strikes and that President Obama, according to the New York Times, has actually been personally signing off on each of these strikes. Yeah, I mean, if you look at when the, the, the drone strikes really started, they started directly after the unsuccessful attempt to bring down Northwest Light 253 over Detroit on Christmas Day 2009. You may recall that President Obama, you know, sort of, you know, I mean, it was clearly, it was a, something, it was, it, even though it failed, uh, it was something that was very politically costly for the Obama administration, even to have, to have a near miss like that. Um, and as a result of which, you know, the, the drone program really began after that in Yemen. Um, and, um, you know, the people who advise President Obama on counterterrorism are very concerned about AQAP and its ability to, you know, it has a very skilled bomb maker, a guy by the name of Asiri, who uh, is building these very hard to detect bombs, which are, you know, they do get past metal detectors and they have done so routinely. And he continues to try and improve this and he's still out there. So that's the impulse. I mean, no American president, whether he's a Republican or a Democrat, can sustain having an you know, American jet blow up over, United, over the United States, which would be carried live on every TV network. And it would, you know, the political costs of, of AQP getting a large-scale attack through are very large. Last month, in what was the worst terrorist attack in Yemen in years, a man dressed as a soldier detonated a, a suicide bomb near the presidential palace in Sanaa and killed dozens of people. Ansar al-Sharia claimed responsibility. They've been linked to AQAP, are they another militant group? And do they have, uh, do they enjoy any popular support among Yemenis? I, you know, I, I think that's a little hard to um, disentangle. You know, I think al-Qaeda, uh, we know this from bin Laden's, the documents in bin Laden's compound, even bin Laden was conscious of the fact the al-Qaeda brand was, you know, basically... Um, had they really suffered in the last several years, particularly because of its indiscriminate killings of Muslims in, in places like Iraq. And so Ansar al-Sharia may well be a front organization for AQAP, uh, and if it isn't, they're obviously very closely linked ideologically. Um, Ansar al-Sharia simply means the supporters of Sharia, um, you know, the Islamic legal code, um, and they seem to have Taliban-like views. Uh, so 
they're either a front for al-Qaeda, which understands that using the al-Qaeda name isn't very smart and basically will turn people off, or they're ideologically extremely similar. Now, yesterday, a Pew Research survey found that approval of President Obama's policies around the world has fallen by 30% since he took office, and people in almost every country strongly disapproved of drone strikes. Does strong disapproval have much of an impact in this country because 62% of Americans approve the drone campaign? Well, I think, yeah, I think you've answered your, your question, which is, I think, in, in the United States, it's, um, you know, people basically were in favor of the drone campaign. Um, and, you know, what's interesting to me in particular is that President Obama has approval ratings similar to George W. Bush in the Muslim world now. And I, the reasons for that, I think, go quite a lot beyond the drone campaign in Pakistan and Yemen. I think it's a lot to do with, um, you know, I think a lot of Muslims thought that there would be an Israeli-Palestinian kind of settlement pushed through by the Obama administration based on things he said at Cairo and other places, and nothing's happened. Um, and I think that that is one of the reasons we're seeing this quite low approval rating for President Obama in the Muslim world writ large. Now, hasn't the administration been classifying all military-age males killed near a strike as militants? Is it possible that civilian deaths might be higher than uh, have been estimated? Well, they're certainly higher than the... I mean, the Obama administration estimates that the civilian death rate in places like Pakistan is, is zero. I don't think they've commented on publicly on um, the... Uh, the civilian casualty rate in, in Yemen, according to our study, which is based on just looking at reliable news accounts in places like the Associated Press and CNN and, and a, an English-language newspaper called the Yemen Post, we calculate the civilian casualty rate in Yemen is around 5%, which is very similar, well, somewhere between 4% and 8%, depending on, uh, and we calculate it's around a little over 5% in, in Pakistan. And I think it defies, you know, kind of common sense and logic that... Um, there wouldn't be civilian casualties. After all, um, you know, in Pakistan, somebody who's wearing shower kameez, the, the kind of uh, national dress of Pakistan, and carrying an AK-47 in the tribal areas is, you know, much... All civilians dress like that, and they all carry weapons. So, um, you know, a drone... I mean, the, one, the, it is a fact that the civilian casualty rate has dropped fairly precipitously over time in Pakistan, uh, because the drones are, you know, they can linger on targets for much longer. There's a, um, you know, they 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 are they are able to discriminate, but they can't discriminate. They, 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 we we execute people in this country, you know, quite routinely, uh, who turn out later to be innocent. I mean, so that's with a, you know, after you know, a very lengthy judicial process and appeals and all that kind of thing. So uh, it, it just defies common sense that uh, the the. the, the the casualty rate, the civilian casualty rate, would be would be zero, as, as the administration claims. Peter Bergen is director of the National Security Studies Program at the New America Foundation. He's worked with Jennifer Rowland to compile the data on uh, the attacks we've been discussing uh, for a project called Obama's Covert War in Yemen. And you will find links to that project by going to our show page at WNYC.org. You can also read... His most recent book, which is called Manhunt, the 10-year search for bin Laden from 9-11 to Abbottabad. Thank you so much for being with us again. Well, thank you, Leonard, for having me on. Thank you. 